The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Welcome. Welcome to the Visual Workplace. I'm Gwendolyn Galsworth, your host on this, our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak. In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the living landscape of work through visual devices and visual systems, how to install the language of our current level of operational excellence, even if we're not quite as excellent as we wish we would be or as we know we will be. We install that level, we make it concrete, we make it specific by way of visual devices, visual solutions, visual mini-systems, clusters of visual devices, so that we can literally see how we think and predict how that thinking will perform, how it will function, because we've captured it. And why do we bother? We bother for the sizable bottom line benefits, 15 to 30% increase in productivity, improved safety, better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking costs, splendid. And splendid cultural alignment, a spirited and engaged workforce on all levels, not just operators, but supervisors, managers in alignment, CEOs, corporate VPs, the entire organization is aligned because it speaks a language in its own voice, and that language is physical and concrete. It is visual devices. And you know why else we do the visual workplace? So we can enjoy ourselves along the way, at work, and as we're getting better and better. Visuality is a system of thinking first, and then it is a system of application. So we're learning a new way to think. And you know what? The enterprise begins to think. And it expresses its thinking in visual devices. Oh, wonderful. I say, oh, wonderful to that. And oh, wonderful, you're here. Oh, wonderful, welcome. Welcome to the visual workplace. Or should I say, welcome back. I have taken a luxurious two months off this summer to work on my new book, Visual Leadership, and also on the re-release of Visual Thinking and Visual Systems, which we're retitling 5SN Steroids. We're very excited about that. And I also have another book in the works, but I'll tell you about that as the details fall into place. So it was a very good and productive two months off, and I appreciate your patience. I hope you enjoyed the encores. And you know what? Something momentous is about to happen next Tuesday on September 20th, 2016. We will have entered our sixth year of broadcasting. 
our sixth year. We started on September the 20th, 2011, and here we are going into our sixth year. That is six times 50. That's like 300 shows. We're thrilled. We're thrilled. Thank you so much for sticking with us and continuing your learning and sending in your questions and having conversations with us and doing great work. Thank you for the pictures. Thank you for your emails. Thank you for joining me on this wonderful journey, this gift that I've been given that you have decided to share with me as well. Share back. I want to encourage you on your journey to a visual workplace. That's my job, to encourage you and to also share what I've learned. And I want to encourage you also to please take advantage of the many services that we offer. Many of them are free to support you in your journey to a visual workplace and in sustaining that once you get going. Come to our website, visualworkplace.com, and you will find on the homepage a gallery of video segments, video clips on workplace visuality, on 5S, on the thinking, and also a case study or two. They're free right from our homepage. Go to our podcast library and see our wonderful podcasts, which have just been put into a beautiful new searchable form. They all have a thumbnail. They're taglines. You can find them under a number of different taglines, from lean to visuality to basics to supervisors to time. There's a category called time because part of our discussion is the interface between time and inter- information. So please look at our podcast. Please look at our library of articles, also beautifully constructed in a searchable web page. Easy to find, easy to print out, easy to send on to someone else. And you know what? When you get around to it, we would like you to try out, to buy a license in work that makes sense. Our training for operators, operator-led visuality. We would like you to get a license. We'd like to you to use that material to train your operators, especially if you feel a little bit stuck in your 5S. This is the solution. This is a highly visual operator process. It creates tremendous benefits. The one I mentioned at the beginning, 15 to 30% increase in productivity, but also a spirited and engaged workforce, which is more important. Both. Both. So please look at that. You'll find that on our Work That Makes Sense online training system page. And also think about attending or scheduling a training of trainers, scheduling one for your whole site or attending one of our public training of trainers that go hand in hand with with Work That Makes Sense. And they're really a terrific five days deep dive training in order to certify you and to give you the inside the inside pieces of success in visuality through operators. So there are lots of ways to go further, to learn more, and the important thing is that you continue and please come to our works, our our website, visualworkplace.com to find out more. Thank you. (laughs) So let's kick off the new season. We're going to kick off the new season with a kind of reintroduction of the visual workplace model looking at the basics, but I want to add new thinking. I want to add new, I use the word constructs, but maybe you say models or new, maybe you say theory or new ways of thinking. 
You know, I've been working on this model for really now nearly four decades. It's like 35 years. It has legs. It has arms. It has teeth. If you're a regular reader of The Visual Thinker, you will be up on my latest, I think, for the most part. I want to talk about The Invisible Enemy. I want to do that. But first, I want to talk about the problem in communication, the single biggest problem that many, many companies name at the top of their list of complaints, problems to be solved is communication. I want to look at that more deeply today. And I'm going to layer in a new tool, what's called a modified Johari's window. It's a bit of a weird name, Johari, but it's named after its creators, a, game, a guy named Joe Luft and Harry Ingham. Actually, his name was Harrison Ingham. And uh, they created a formulation, a window, it's a four-panel window, and they named it after themselves, Johari. And I want to uh, give you a slight change on that Johari's window that I believe will help you understand the importance of visuality and where it fits in to the operational excellence journey. If you look at our newsletter and the announcement, you'll see a picture of the Jahari's window for you to contemplate, and that will help you get a little better picture of what I'm just talking about now. So let's begin. I'm going to call this part one. And if you've been with me any amount of time, you know there's always a part two, a part three, and sometimes a part eight. Because what happens is I talk to you and then you talk back to me through emails and sometimes phone calls. I see that I can go in one direction or another and help your learning and help my learning. And so we begin to build a much more, uh, you could say, robust or complete thinking about one topic or the next. It's one of the things I love so much about this radio show is that I'm in real conversation with you and I love it. So let's begin. The single biggest problem in communication, part one. The complaint that we hear from nearly every company, the complaint that they say is at the top of their list of challenges is communication. Problems in communication, in fact, plague the human condition, no less so at work. I said this, he heard that. You said that, I heard this. And you know what? I don't like it. I don't like what I just heard. Industries have been formed around problems in communications. Those industries are called attorneys, especially divorce attorneys, therapies, therapists, psychologists, counselors. And thousands of books, if not millions, have been written on the topic. For example, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. John Gray has provided his research on communication to improve the communication between men and women, for example, because he designs or he defines the differences in their needs and behaviors and, and desires. So if you want to strengthen and nurture better relationships with your spouse or partner, read that book. 
because the biggest problem in a relationship is communication. Or another book that I love by a woman named Deborah Tannen, T-A-N-N-E-N. He said, she said. Miss Tannen also examines male patterns versus female patterns in communication. Women like symmetry. A woman talking to another woman or another anyone. When the other person is discussing a problem, will always pipe back with something that is similar. So the other person feels the balance, feels accepted and not judged. You know this. Women are kind of process occupied. They're interested in the process. Men are different. They do report talk. They're not that comfortable with process. They love to solve problems. And if you come to them with a problem, they're going to solve it, whether you like it or not. (laughs) You've been there on both sides of that. So communication, effective communication is the foundation of good relationships and communications is the foundation of a lot of problems in relationships if you don't work on it. But you know what? I like what a famous Irish playwright, his name is George Bernard Shaw, he's no he's no longer with us, what he said about communication. And when he said the following, for me, he said it all. The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. Isn't that clever and true? The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. Now, pair that with the famous cartoon, and you have to envision this in your mind's eye, of a very old couple, each in their own rocking chair, staring straight ahead, arms folded over their nice, soft tummies. They're rocking. They're looking straight ahead, right into the camera. And he says, I wonder what happened to our sexual relations. And she says... I don't know. I don't even think we got a Christmas card from them this year. (laughs) Right? I don't know. I don't even think we got a Christmas card from them this year. That's it in a nutshell. (laughs) But But what about at work? So we're going to do that. We're sliding into our first break. When we get back, we'll pick up what does that look like in the workplace and what do we do about it? How do we even conceptualize it? I'll be here when you get back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. 
Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and you are at the second part of our show today, the second segment at the Visual Workplace, and we are talking about the biggest problem in the workplace, communications, biggest problem. And we just talked about what it's like between people, but in the workplace, we're going to take a different tact. We're not going to bring in the attorneys, we're not going to bring in the counselors or the therapists or the psychologists or the facilitators to help us fix our communication problems. Because what happens in the workplace when you diagnose a mistake as a problem in communication, a mistake in a report, a mistake in how a part was assembled, a mix-up on a work order, and you say, well, we just have, we need improved communications. We have some problems with our communication. What will happen if you diagnose your workplace problems in that way is that you will seek to improve your communications. You will get some courses in on how to build trust, how to send and receive messages, how communication is always a two-way street, You have to make sure that you convey a message that is received and understood by someone in exactly the way that you attend. How do you listen? How do you handle conflict? And you go down that road. That is a very valid and important road. Some people call it emotional intelligence. It is not that it's not valid, but it is also not the full picture. And if you focus only on that, you will make, in a way, the humans and our limitations or our foibles the problem of the mistakes that happen in the workplace. And from there, it is a very short jump to say it's a problem of attitude. And then a short jump to say it's a problem of character. When we start looking at the humans as the problem, we start trying to make better humans and what happens then is we have to really criticize and I think undervalue the humans that we have, us, as we are now. I'm not saying emotional intelligence is not important. I'm saying the opposite. It is very important. But 
it is more often than not, not the solution to your operational problems. So work on your emotional intelligence by all means. Attend those courses, take them very seriously, practice, get stronger as a communicator. But when it comes to mistakes, accidents, mix-ups, lost delivery times, mounting costs, bad quality, have some other tools in your tool chest so that you can diagnose the problem differently and perhaps properly. So I'm saying that when you write all those mistakes and accidents to miscommunication, somebody didn't listen, somebody didn't communicate, I don't think there's a solution to your problems there. I take a different tact. And I want to share that with you today to get us started in our new season, our new fall season, to get us started with some new tools in our toolbox. I want to take a different approach, one that is grounded in an operational viewpoint, one that is in my view and in my history foundational to a visual workplace, to understanding and practicing workplace visuality. And in sharing this, I'm going to be referencing the work done by one of my senseis in the 1980s, Ryuji Fukuda, Dr. Ryuji Fukuda, who did the work that I'm going to be sharing with you at Sumitomo in the 1970s. And the work that he did there formed the basis of this sterling improvement stratagem called CDEC, cause and effect diagram with the addition of cards. It took the, it took the Ishikawa diagram and it made it powerful and flexible at the same time. I talked about it once in the last six years. <laughs> I can talk about it again, especially if you send me an email and say, talk about it again. But it's called cause and effect, effect and cause. And I have shared with you more than once my take on the, the Toyota production system, but virtually every production system or production model coming out of Japan from the 1970s. That was the time that Fukuda was at Sumitomo. That was the time that Ono and Shingo were perfecting the Toyota pr- production system, or at least really finding a very solid shape to also always continuously improved, but they had a very reliable shape by the early 1980s when it came to us through the books and through the uh, senseis who came over to America. And what I shared with you as my take on these production systems is that there is in it a focus that was not at the time shared in the United States or even in the West, very rarely in the West. And that interest or that focal point was the condition that I call causality. Causality. When I look at TPS, Toyota Production System, or I look at any successful production system from that time period, what I see is what is unexpressed is that the entire system was about cause causality, effect and cause, working back from effect to cause, working up and down the causal chain. I spent the first 10 years of my professional life studying it and unnesting that. I created a version of CDAC for 
Fukuda that worked in the West and worked very, very well. Causality is like a complex knot, many threads that are all tangled up. And when you seek to unravel it, when you try to unravel it, when you pull at one thread to loosen it, another thread tightens. You pull out another thread to loosen it and two other threads tighten. And how can you solve it? Well, one moves ahead with caution. So long before I understood that visuality was going to blossom into its own field, long before I codified visuality into its own framework of thinking, its own improvement strategy, I was living in the world of causality. And I loved that world. It was so interesting because the cause was never what we thought it was. And there was never a thing called root cause in most of the companies that I worked with, root cause was a distant dream. (laughs) There was never one thing. There were a dozen things. It's called multivariate causes. There were a dozen things. Again, a knot, a complex knot, pull one thread, something else tightens. And one of the tools that I used that Fukuda taught me in the 1980s he called a modified Johari's window. He took the work of these two men, Joe Loft and Harrison Ingram, Johari's, their window, which was a psychological window. It was a tool or a technique that was created to help people better understand the relationship between themselves and others. It was a, a kind of psychological tool. And it was used in self-help groups and corporate settings. It was an exercise. And it was useful. And it kind of went, what do I know? What do you know that I know? What do I know that you don't know? What do neither one of us knows? No. And like that. It was a way of finding blind spots and finding assumptions. And what Fukuda did was set it up differently. He created this, if you want to map this out on your page, just make a window that has four panes. And he called them the four workplace conditions. Now, this is, in my book, pretty sophisticated. In my book, you may find it really just too complex, but I found it interesting because what Fukuda did and what he taught me and what I learned which was useful, was to make the distinction between different types of problems related, if you will, to communication. So let me see if I can do a decent job. I know I'm not going to do a great job, but a decent job on the radio with explaining this to you. So you've got these four windows, and the windows have to do with knowledge and the four windows go like this you can call them A, B, C, D what we know and understand and practice what we know but don't understand and therefore don't fully practice what we know 
and we understand, but we still don't practice it fully and what we don't know. So that's just a scan of these four categories. And I'll represent this again after our next break. It'll be coming in a moment or two. But what we're looking at is what we're doing with this particular window is we're questioning, we're saying, does communication come in at all? Yes, it does. But at only one point. At only one point does communication come in. And communication means understanding, understanding well enough to be able to practice it. So those are linked. If we understand, then we do in alignment with that understanding. But there are three other categories. And I want to walk you through this because some of you may find it helpful. Some of you may say, I don't get it and I don't want to get it. It's okay. So we'll pick up the window as soon as we come back. And I'll be here. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Hi, this is Gwendolyn, and welcome to the third part of our show today on the visual workplace. And we are unnesting what is meant to be a helpful tool to help us understand the kinds of problems we have related to information. This is pre-visual workplace. We are not going to right now be talking much about, a little bit, but not much about, embedding the operational details into the living landscape of work. We are going to be talking about 
what do we mean by what's understood and practiced and known by everyone? I'm going to give you a shorthand for this, and that is we're going to be talking about the right method, or we could call that the right standard operating procedure, the right method for doing something. So we have four categories. Let me step you through them now. And the way that I normally do this is by asking, what does this represent? So I'm going to start from the top, a condition that represents no problem. We're going to call that category A. What I'm going to describe now is no problem. And this is how to describe the condition that represents no problem. The right method is known, it is understood, and it is fully practiced by everyone. All four components are important, and those four four components are known, understood, known as the first component, understood as the second component, fully practiced as the third component, and by everyone is the fourth component. That's category A, and this condition represents no problem. It is not only no problem, it is called the ideal state. The ideal state is people know how to do something correctly and precisely. They they know it. We've told them they've understood and they do it. Everyone does it. There's no hole in the net. The right method is known, understood, and fully practiced by everyone. The condition represents no problem. The state is an ideal state. And you know, you want the ideal state to happen. That's what work is about. Let's remove the obstacles. But in fact, that state deteriorates or is incomplete in three important ways. So we're going to go to category B, C, and D. The first way, this is going to be category B. It's the next. It's the step down from the ideal state. The first level of deterioration from the ideal state is the right method is known, but some people don't understand it fully and therefore don't practice it fully. Now, that fully word makes this a very demanding state. It isn't that they partially understand it and they get by, they make stuff up. It's that some people, and that means not everyone, it could be just one, could be two out of a out of a hundred, could be 20, could be 80. Some people don't understand the right method fully, even though it's known. And because they don't understand it, they don't practice it fully. 
This is a problem in understanding, but there's a particular word for it. In Vakuta's uh, little listing, in his construct, in this construct of four categories, he calls this the famous communications problem. He says that's the only thing that qualifies as a communications problem when people don't understand. You said it, you taught it, but people didn't understand it. And as a result, they don't do it right. They don't assemble that right. They don't change it over correctly. They don't lube it right. They don't administrate the administer the, the, the med correctly. They don't turn the patient correctly in, his, in her bed. They understand that there's a right method and they should understand it, but they don't understand it. They understand that they should, but they don't. And as a result of their lack of full understanding is they don't do it right. This is the one and only of these four conditions that is called a communications problem. And it's isolated, if you will, very specifically so that we don't call them all this deterioration of the ideal state, all of them communications problems. We use our words very carefully. You've heard me say this before. Words matter. The Sami people who live in the Arctic Circle have 180 words for snow. They need it. They have over a thousand words for reindeer. They need that distinction. You go ahead. I'll give you a quarter if you can give me 10 different names for reindeer, let alone a thousand. But they need that distinction. So words matter. If we are to have a fluid and dynamic relationship with our world, we meet the world through our world of words. Words matter. They enrich us. They make distinctions. We can then manipulate our thinking about the world because we have the words. Words are very important. So the first step down from the ideal state where the right method is known, understood, and fully practiced by everyone is the right method is known, but some people don't understand it. And as a result of that, they don't practice it fully. So that's category B. Problem in communication. Category C is going to be a tweak on that. It's going to be slightly but importantly different because words matter. Let's see what happens to our right method. Ideal state, the right method is known, understood, and fully practiced by everyone. No problem, ideal state. New problem, category C. The right method is known. And you know what? It is completely understood by everyone. Everybody understands it. And yet, some people don't practice it fully. They know what they're supposed to do, but they don't do it. That's a different problem than not understanding it and therefore not practicing it fully. This one is, I do understand it. You did a great job explaining. I did a great job in understanding, but I keep making mistakes. I keep making mistakes. 
you can explain it to me again, but I keep making mistakes. I, I'm so, so ashamed. And not only that, you're angry at me. Because I should be able to do it, but I'm not doing it. I don't want to lose my job, and I don't want you to be upset at me or write up something on me. What am I going to do? It's okay, Marianne. This is a different kind of problem. This is not a problem in communication, says you. You understand the ideal state. You just have trouble executing it. It's a different kind of problem. We have a special name for that problem. What is that name? Begins with an A, ends in an E, has three E's in it. This is like the puzzler, the weekly puzzler. Has three syllables. This is a problem in adherence. It's a problem in adherence. You just can't follow it. Practice it fully. It's a problem in adherence. It's a category C problem. And you know what? Category C and category B. Adherence and communications, both of them are entirely solvable through visual devices. I said at the beginning that this, what I'm sharing with you, is a foundational piece for the visual workplace. I encountered it in like 1984 and kind of worked with it for five or six years. This used to be a part of my regular training, but I found that I was more interested in slicing the onion in this particular way than most people in the training room. I like this kind of stuff. I like understanding on a level that is perhaps uh, not that interesting to everyone. But I'm going to continue because there is one more category. Four categories, four workplace conditions. We've done three of them. Category A, B, and C. We have category D left. Category D is different. So let me just review. Category A is the ideal state. The right method, we have, we have the right method. The right method is known, understood, and fully practiced by everyone. Category A. Category B, the right method is known, but some people do not understand it fully and therefore do not practice it fully. We have a problem, a category B problem. We have a problem in communications. A category C problem, the next one is the right method is known and completely understood by everyone. Only some people don't, can't practice it fully. That is a problem in adherence. So, we have one left. We have one break left. That break is going to happen now. I'll be here when you get back, and we will tackle Category D problem. I hope you find this interesting. You know that I do, and I present it to you because I believe that you will, or many of you will. I'll see you in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, 
keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, Visual Edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn and welcome to the fourth segment of our show today at the Visual Workplace, our weekly radio show on letting the workplace speak. And we are mapping our way through the modified Johari's window, which my sensei in the 1980s, Ryuji Fukuda taught me and I used. And I, I will say that I developed and clarified it for my own Western mind. So it became useful to me. Four categories or four workplace conditions. When I finish this fourth one, I'm going to tell you ways to use this that I believe some of you will find interesting because this isn't just a theoretical model. This is something you can use. And I will say, whether you're an operator, an engineer, supervisor, this is useful. Or CEO, why the heck not? Category D. Category D is really interesting because it addresses a problem in the only thing that's left in the ideal state that hasn't come unraveled. Remember, the ideal state was described as the right method is known, understood, and fully practiced by everyone. Those four elements, known, one, understood, two, fully practiced, three, everyone, four, ideal state. No problem. This is perfect. We make our delivery times, our quality, our safety, everything is A-OK, and we can grow from there. It deteriorates this ideal state by first, people don't understand we have a problem in communications, and therefore they don't practice. Category C, they do understand, but they still can't do it, not precisely. We have a problem in adherence. In category D, The right method is not known. We simply don't have an SOP. We don't have a complete SOP. It may be partial, but it's not complete enough that we can turn it over and say, if you do this, you'll get that. This is the cause and effect, the effect and cause. The right method is a sequence of good causes, which when followed 
result in a predictable outcome. But the right method is not known. Therefore, there's nothing to communicate. And we don't have to worry about adherence, although we should be worried about a lot of other things. We don't worry about adherence because we're not at a point where we can expect people to adhere. The SOP is sloppy. It's incomplete. It's inaccurate. This represents a problem in, and I'm going to give you two words for it. The first one will be two words itself. Research and development, you haven't found it yet. Or, if you will, standardization. That we haven't created that standard, if you will, that standard work. We haven't standardized what our research and development has disclosed. The right method is not known. It's category D. Category D is not a problem that the technologies of the visual workplace can solve. Can solve. Category D is a challenge in innovation. And in stabilization, that's the responsibility of supervisors and managers and engineers, and that is to publish timely, complete, and accurate standards. And it is a big, big, big problem in many, many workplaces, especially those who are at the beginning of their journey to operational excellence. They simply don't have any stability because they don't have the right methods or they, those aren't documented. Wowzer, it's a problem. Okay. So we have those four categories, A, B, C, and D this adaptation of the Jahari's window. Let me talk to you how you use this. When you have this understanding, and this understanding is absolutely a good thing to share with your operators so they understand themselves when they have difficulty, that they can slice the pumpkin in a way of understanding, is my problem that I don't understand or is my problem that I can't do it even though I do understand? And what supervisors can do and operators can do for themselves, supervisors can analyze problems that they come across instead of just making a tick mark on a KPI that says we missed again. We didn't meet our target again. Your supervisor can investigate and say, we didn't meet the problem. But as I track of the seven times we missed, four of those times were related to problem in communications. People didn't understand the SOP. They didn't understand the right method. Two of them were related to adherence. They weren't able to practice it. They understood And one of those seven was related to, we don't have a right method yet. It's not the operator's fault. They can't adhere because it's not right. They can't understand because it's not right. Let's go back and look at this and see if we can do a better job in publishing accurate, complete, and timely standards, says the supervisor. And I think that you can see the connection between that and operators, and you can say... Keep track of your problems. Keep track of your challenges. Watch time and see if your execution works, is within the span of your standard work. And if it isn't, 
see why and make a tick mark in this window. If you're a category A, a B problem, C, or D, is it that it, the right method is just not working or that you don't understand it? That would be category B, and that's my problem because I need to communicate better. Or is it C, you just can't execute it, you're having difficulty with that wrench holding it, the screw is at an angle that you can't get to properly. That's part of the right method, by the way. But you'll help me find it by saying, I just can't do it, boss. So we can work together. We can work on these workplace conditions. And in a very important way, when you get precise, you can approach the visual workplace in this way. And if you have a category B or C problem, you know that visuality is there to help you. Because if the right method is known, it will include answers to the six core questions. Where, what, when, who, how many, and how. That's what every method is made up of. And one of those is wiggly. That's why we have a category C, an adherence problem. Or one of those is not clear. That's why we have a category B, a communications problems problem. I hope I said adherence for category C. And it's like that. If you want to bring a layer of precision, and there are some supervisors right now who are listening to me. And I will put this uh, simple definition in the free box for all members. It'll be sitting in there. It's called the four workplace conditions. Give me about a day. I just got back. I'm leaving on Monday morning, but I'll leave it. And uh, Horatio will put it in the tech box, uh, in the free box, so you can see it. I hope you found this helpful to you. I find this fascinating. I wanted to be useful to you. I look forward to your emails and your your notes about whether this worked or not. And I look forward to what happens next. We are going to move into the invisible enemy next week, and there are some other surprises coming. I had a wonderful time with you today. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm signing off. Let the workplace speak. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.